I'm Juita Gupta, and this is The Pulse. Intuition, gut feelings, vibes, cognitive foreknowledge. We have all had moments of knowing something before it happens. Yet intuition, though it's common enough, somehow seems risky to talk about. A little new age, a little out there. But aren't we told to trust our gut? So clearly there's something there. Understanding intuition and developing the confidence to listen to our inner voice without letting our minds get in the way might help us open up possibilities, both for personal growth and professional success. Being intuitive can help us be better leaders, avoid embarrassing or unsafe situations, and make good decisions. It can also help us feel connected to something bigger than ourselves. Today, we discuss developing intuition. It's time to put your finger on the pulse. Hello and welcome back to The Pulse on AMI-audio. I'm Juwita Gupta. I'm joining you after a couple of weeks away. I was just dealing with a bit of illness and some health stuff. Uh, but it's really good to be back with you. And I've been thinking a lot about intuition and a lot about how some of the really big decisions in my life have been quite intuitive. You have a good feeling about a place or a person or just a good vibe from them. And you make some significant decisions about career, about money, about where you live based on those gut feelings. At least that's how it is for me. But, you know, a lot of people are skeptical when it comes to intuition. And they think of it as one of those new age phenomenons that attracts a lot of interest from the quote-unquote wrong type of person. So I was really fascinated to find out there was actual serious research being done into it into intuition. I knew I was going to trip up on that one. And so my guest today is Emily Sadowski, who is a researcher, a life coach, and the author of an upcoming book. And Emily joins me today not only to talk about her book, but also to talk about intuition. Hello and welcome to the program, Emily. It's so, so nice to have you. Hi, Joey Tan. It is so good to be here with you. It was so exciting for me to hear you talk about intuition. It gave me chills, honestly. <laughs> so I, really? I, so so intuition is one of those things that I think we all kind of know what it is, but find it difficult to define intuition. Why is it so difficult to put intuition into words or to find a definition for intuition? It's a really good question, an important question. There's a, a philosopher, I can't remember your name right now, who said once that it's impossible to say anything in general about intuition you can only speak about it specifically. I think one of the reasons is because um, we use the word intuition so broadly that it means so too many things to us. It means psychic stuff and just regular gut feelings and the whole range in between. So I think that's one reason. But another reason is the intuitive mode or the process of intuiting itself comes from a place where language doesn't really work. It comes from a non-discursive, non-language place. So the, the feeling is really hard to capture in ideas or words and concepts. And that also makes it hard to talk about. Yeah, no, for sure. Then what is it that got you thinking about intuition? Because you have a background in education. 
And you wouldn't really think that intuition is something that gets talked about a lot in education. It's very facts-based and logic-based, and you're kind of telling people how they can learn to be in the world. What role does intuition play, and how did your journey in education lead you to think about intuition in more depth? Well, that's kind of exactly what happened. So I studied um, education, and then I made my way into philosophy of education, so thinking about teaching and learning. I realized that intuition had been totally absent from my education. I never heard the word growing up, not in my family and certainly not in school. And the more I looked into it, I realized how much the process of education actually educates intuition out of us. So as we learn to, you know, in our culture generally, we prize analysis, we prize rationality. And, you know, the scientific method is based in doubt. So we learn that um, over and over again through school. And basically, we end up, well, by attrition. We never talk about intuition. We don't value it. And so it leaves us often, if we are intuitive, we don't even know about it. And if we are, we often don't want to admit to it because we understand it as like a lesser process. Would you say that you're a very intuitive person? Have you gotten to be more intuitive over time as you dug deeper and explored the topic? I think both. I, I consider myself intuitive now, but it comes to me in ways that I didn't recognize for a long time. Because, you know, if you think about intuition, I don't know, just what do you think about when you think of an intuitive person? Well, often the, the most common example that I have is, you know, I'll pick up the phone and I'll call someone and the first thing out of their mouth was, hey, Juita, I was just thinking about you. It's almost like they knew <laughs> I was going to call before I was going to call. And I've had this happen with friends. I have, I have, I've had this happen a lot with family. And I think it's a very common experience of people you know, having someone on their mind and having the phone ring, and there they are. Totally. I call that telephone telepathy. It's especially <laughs> common with people that you're close with. For some reason, that kind of empathic resonance, vibing with people tends to happen when you're, when you have an emotional connection with them. Um, so yeah, so like, I always thought, you know, if you're intuitive, it looks like, you know, a psychic fortune teller, or sudden impactful moments that are just, you know, undeniable. But for me, my intuition is much more subtle. I just happen to know things, not even in a clear, concise way. It just like an impression of what might happen later. Or um, I just suddenly understand something in a holistic sense that I have no business knowing mm -hmm. because I didn't learn it, mm -hmm. those kinds of things. Now, you're an educator, you're, you're a, a researcher, an academic, and when you went to, mm -hmm. um, you know, someone and said, I want to study intuition, you know, those gut feelings that we all have, was that a tough sell? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In the university, <laughs> it really was. I, I was laughed at. Um, it was described as wacky. And, you know, now I've come to really try and reclaim the idea of woo you know, I, I'm speaking to people who are woo curious or woo friendly because, you know, there's been a, yeah, as you said, a skepticism, but also a taboo around this inner knowing. 
and uh, I certainly came across that in the academy. Do a lot of do a lot of people yeah. who are researchers who stake their reputations, uh, you know, or whose reputations I should say are rather are on at stake. Do they shy away from intuition, which is why we don't see a lot of serious scholarship into what it is? Uh, just you know, because people don't want to be seen as somehow being associated with a far away or far out concept. Yeah. Okay. So this is a bit abstract. So stick with me for a sec. But uh, what I encountered mm-hmm. in the academy is a lot of researchers who wanted to talk about intuition, they put a boundary mm-hmm. around it and defined it in a really specific way where intuition for them was more on the end of like fast thinking or just gut feelings that were basically explainable as unconscious processing, but not of nothing of like the psychic stuff, you know, nothing, uh, no vibrations, no, um, extrasensory perception or anything like that. That was that was somehow put into a category and like left alone. So yeah, we we ended up with a definition or, or a lot of people were understanding intuition researchers and in a pretty narrow and nar- narrowly defined range of experiences. So for me I was really intrigued like what about these other experiences? What about the psychic stuff? What about just knowing, you know, precognitive knowing, or as you said, the telephone telepathy, like where does that fall in? And that became like a huge um, a driver for my research. I wanted to be able to understand, first of all, I wanted to understand better the taboo and why our culture is unwilling to accept that kind of inner knowing. And also looking for vocabulary, like how can we now talk about those woo experiences without feeling like we always have to add a disclaimer. You know, you hear people say like, this might sound wacky, but, and then proceed to, you know, share an intuitive experience. And to me, that's sad because it's, it really is a range of human experience that we don't have that much language for and contact with. Yeah. I mean, just because you don't have words to describe it doesn't mean that it isn't real. Um, you know, you talk a lot in, in your, in, in the super secret chapter of your soon to be released book, you have a really, you make a reference to the fact that if a framework doesn't, uh, fully encompass your lived experience, then you've realized the problem isn't with the person's experience. The problem is with the framework. So how do we then create a framework that is more accepting of or open to talking about intuition in a broad way? Uh, Well, first of all, I just want to shout out to the feminist theorists who taught me that that, um, practice of, and, you know, there's no shame in not knowing how to talk about something. That's not a personal failing. It's a social cultural failing so we'll start there but um that's what my book is about my book is about offering up some suggestions for a framework um i think actually in in the past at least 10 years since i've been working on this the culture has shifted a little bit and is now accepting more of the unseen you know things that we previously were sort of just parking with religion and spirituality and saying okay priests and such like you take care of this stuff we'll do the analysis and the the reason and rationality um but there is definitely um a movement in our culture where people want to understand things that are greater than themselves and what is the connecting force that sort of underlies all that is and and um if you can be curious about those things 
then you're on your way to accepting a framework that makes that lets intuition make sense. Uh, you also work as a life coach and people come to you to learn to be uh, more intuitive, or I suppose that might be an oversimplification of, of the work that you do. So tell me a little bit about how you help people become more intuitive, more in touch with their inner gut feelings and to listen to that voice when they come to you and, and talk to you as a life coach. So a lot of what I do is help people become more of who they are. And that does typically include being more intuitive or more confident in their inner knowing. So, you know, as we said a little bit before, we learn doubt, we learn to be skeptical, and we really internalize that at a value. So, you know, all of us have our inner critic and intuition can be really subtle. So if you're not looking for it or ready to receive it, um, then what tends to happen is the thinking mind interferes pretty quickly and is like, no, no, that couldn't be possible. Or, oh, no, no, that's not for you. Or there's no proof for that. How? Why would you even believe that? So, um, you know, the work that I do with clients tends to be a little bit more general, but it connects really well to intuition because it's mostly about um, helping people access the authority to live their lives on their own terms. That's beautiful. That's really well said. I mean, that's what we're talking about a lot on this program as well, for people with disabilities to have autonomy and to be able to live their life on their terms. When you when you start to think about becoming a more intuitive person, I think, as you say, uh, intuition is something that we're trained out of. You know, it's like, uh, people don't want to listen to their gut. People don't want to go with something because it gives you a good vibe. Uh, how do we learn to deal with the fear around listening to our intuitive inner voice? That's a great question, Tweet. <laughs> it's true that sometimes you might, you know, pick up on information that's inconvenient or uncomfortable. And that's that becomes an issue not exactly about intuition, but about um confidence and about willing a willingness to risk um when you might be being you might be being asked to go outside of your comfort zone or the comfort zone of people around you so the question of authority is a little bit different from the question of trust there's the issue of trusting yourself and then trusting the circumstance to to support whatever has to come next that makes sense so you know what you in you talk a little bit about uh you know taking lessons in reiki to try and unlock some of your own intuitiveness it, it isn't that it's now become a superpower but you've certainly been practicing meditation more than you were before and that's helped you tune into these intuitive moments what are some of the pathways open to someone if they wanted to become a more intuitive person? Okay, so it's it's kind of become cliche, but meditation really, really does help. And it helps for a bunch of reasons, but one of them is when you can observe the things that you tend to think about, you can start to separate your thoughts from your intuitive experience. So that's quite key. The other thing is kind of cultivating your mind or the state of mind to be receptive so you know the when your thoughts are more calm 
um, there's just simply more room for intuitive experience to arise. So that, that's why meditation is almost always like a key to prescript, you know, a prescription for becoming more intuitive. And it doesn't have to be sitting meditation, like whatever works. I feel like when, you know, when one's life is fairly straightforward, um, it's nice to have those intuitive moments like the telephone telepathy or, you know, thinking in, you, you have another example where you say, OK, well, I was waiting uh, for some books and I thought maybe the books are going to arrive and your doorbell rings and the books get here. Um, those experiences are always nice and they make for like, you know, a fun conversation piece. But I often find myself um, and I hesitate to say this somewhere that my husband can hear this, uh, but I, I, I often find myself relying on intuition for really big decisions. Uh, for example, where to live. That's a huge one. I will often make decisions about where to live less uh, on some of the, the more, based less on some of the more rational factors, like the location and the price. I mean, obviously one considers them, but ultimately what clinches it for me is, do I get a good vibe when I walk in the space? So how is how much is intuition a factor when life is in turmoil or you're in a moment of change or transition in your life. How often do people listen to their guts or do people listen to their guts in those moments? That's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. Like, what is the rate of people following their intuition? Although that would be a really fascinating study, especially to compare over time. But, um, you know, I consider intuition to be a relationship that you have with yourself. So there's a part of you, the intuitive part of you um, that is potentially always in communication with the rest. And if you are willing to be in relationship and cultivate that relationship, you end up in a feedback loop where you can hear and trust more. So if you're already kind of intuitive, um, then just, just almost like acknowledging that and recognizing that you can become even more intuitive. So the thing about big life decisions, I find that there's a real like strength in intuitive knowing. Sometimes it comes on very subtle, but it's certain. And you do know. So a lot of the learning that I do with people is to just help them recognize that when you know, you actually do know. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, the thing with this is I will tell you if you ask me that uh, the first time I met my husband, like we hadn't even been introduced to somebody, to each other. We were just at an event together and he was kind of off doing his own thing and I was off doing my own thing. And I just sort of felt in my gut that this is someone really special. Uh, the first time I walked into the, the place that has been my home for the last 10 years, the moment I walked in the door, I said, I, you know, I've got a really good vibe from this place. This is the one. So I want to say that I feel confident in trusting my gut. Who's to say that that's not confirmation bias? Yeah, that's true. That is just, you know, that you know, just I'm just looking for evidence to, to back up what I'm saying. Or is it really just a, a, a sort of a, a genuine uh, indication that I'm in that I'm in tune, not just with myself, but also with the world around me? And I'm picking up on, on the things that are, that are right and good for me and that support my well-being in the world. I, I address this a lot in my book. The question of validity, we're always looking for like an analytic sense of validity where there's, you know, um, triangulation available where you can look at something and I can look at something and we, you know, we feel the same thing happening. But intuition is not like that and we shouldn't expect the same um, approach. 
to truth because the truth is that in for intuition it it is subjective and although i know that's challenging when we um are so wedded to the scientific method etc but um if you if you can trust yourself and i trust that and you know you keep referring to the vibe of a place and i i think um that's really exciting to me because the truth is we're energetic beings the truth is everything is energy actually if you when we get down on that level and that's a part of our humanity that we've sort of forgotten or we don't tend to think about or certainly don't cultivate it but we all have we all resonate to vibrations we can do that even more if we practice if we attend to it and sometimes the practice is really just allowing it to exist and trusting that it's real people say that about kids a lot that kids are very intuitive um that they have a really good sense of what they yes. want what they like what they don't like how can we create a world which nurtures intuition rather than stifles it i think um you know certainly talking to young people about intuition just the fact that it exists confirming for them that we trust that they know themselves and they they are perceiving what they are perceiving you know we've when i grew up we would definitely hear things like oh that's just your imagination you're making that up you know none of the gut feelings were confirmed or authorized for us and um so you know that's one way there's also like all these other ways to cultivate intuition just through practicing like playing games like when the phone rings and you could say oh guess who that is and then you get to play with and if you're right you can kind of register what that feels like when you're right and if you're wrong you can start to register oh that's actually not that not that's not intuitive it's a really interesting one to sink uh one's teeth into because intuition is really one of those experiences that is universal I have yet to meet a person who said I've never had an intuitive moment. Like they just <laughs> I I am I I can confidently say that just about everybody I've I've talked to, you know, in the lead up to the show I said you know I'm having Emily Sadowski on to talk about intuition. They, yeah, you know, I had this really like weird thing happen to me and I, it was so intuitive. Everybody has these moments, uh, but we just as a society seem to not have the language uh or the vocabulary to actually describe intuition and to think about it and to take it seriously as a force that guides our decision making now you've got this book coming out uh, tell us a little more about the book you should tell us what it's called and where we can grab a copy i would love to so the book is called what is intuition and it is really addressing what we've been talking about today like creating a framework for understanding intuition not through a, an analytic lens but through intuition's lens um helping us have vocabulary to talk about what intuition is it does outline some framework and also some practices that people can do to cultivate their own intuition it's not available yet it will be coming out in the summer um and for now the best way to like um get it get your hands on it is to uh, subscribe to my email list probably and and then you'll be you know the first to know when it's available for purchase so you can go to my website um emlisadowski.com 
All right, Emily, it was so good talking to you. Thank you so much for being on the program. Such my pleasure. Thank you so much. Emily Sadowski is a researcher and life coach, also the author of What is Intuition, coming out very soon. You can grab a copy by looking at Emily's website, emilysadowski.com. And she has a great listserv uh, that you might want to sign up for as well. I usually don't advocate signing up for email listservs because I know uh, email clutter is a thing. Uh, But Emily's emails are particularly insightful and they're fantastic reads uh, if you ever wanted to sit down and have an email with amazing content and links you want to really chew over. Uh, she did a recent one about uh, fear and intuition, which was really quite quite a, a good read as well. So feel free to check out emilysadowski.com and you know pick up that book. I'm going to be waiting for it to come out later on in the summer and I'll have a read. Maybe we'll have Emily back to talk more about intuition. But my gut is telling me you want to give us feedback about the program and why should I get in your way? Here's how you find us. You can find us on Twitter at AMI Audio. Use the hashtag PulseAMI. You can pick up the phone and give us the ring at 1-866-509-4545. That's 1-866-509-4545. And you can always leave your voicemail there as well as give us your permission to play the audio on the program. If you feel like you have a lot to say and 280 characters on Twitter just isn't going to do it for you, send us an email, feedback at ami.ca. However you want to get in touch with us, we would love to hear from you. It's been great being uh, back on the program. I've missed you guys. uh, And so it's back to regular programming here on The Pulse. And I hope you'll tune in every week. Our videographer today has been Matthew McGurk. Ryan Delahanty is the podcast coordinator. Mark Aflalo is our technical producer. Andy Frank is the manager here at AMI-audio. And I've been your host, Chuita Gupta. Thanks for listening.